Before we'd even really launched the economic war room, a woman approached us at the Value Voters Summit in DC. It was the summer, I think, of 2018, and she had a book that was just out with the intriguing title, China Rx. She said, you wanna know a very real but never discussed national security issue? That's this book. And we had a great conversation there, and we became friends, and we had her in episode six of the Economic War Room, one of the very first one we've done. Her name is Rosemary Gibson. She has a storied background with the American Medical Association where she edited a journal, and she really is a terrific writer, a true patriot American. Welcome back to the Economic War Room, Rosemary Gibson. Kevin, it's really great to be back with you. Thank you. You know, we work together now at the Committee on the Present Danger, China. And you just had a huge win with the Trump administration and the medical industry. Can you tell us your story? Start when you first uncovered the idea of dangerous medicine produced in China and our dependence on it, and then bring us up a little bit to today. Sure. And uh, it all started, Kevin, in 2014. This goes back a long way. And I wanted to write another book. And I stumbled on this incredible untold story that the American people were not told. And it's how dependent we are on China for thousands of the medicines that we need every day. And, you know, as I researched this for three years, there'd be one jaw dropper after another that we can't make antibiotics here in the United States anymore. We can't make aspirin. We can't make vitamin C. We can't make the, the medicines to treat coronavirus patients who are hospitalized. And that's because China controls about 80, 90% of the core chemicals and raw materials to make our generic drugs. You know, we're told all the time, Rosemary, that this is, oh, we're going to ship our low-skilled jobs overseas. That's okay because we don't have enough workers here to do them. These are not low-skilled jobs, are they? These are talented chemists, pharmaceutical engineers. And if you've if you ever have a chance to go to a pharmaceutical manufacturing facility, these are hugely complex operations. And they have to be handled with great care and great expertise. You know, I tell in the China RX about the loss of our last penicillin plant in the United States. And that's because China dumped product on the global market and drove out the last U.S. producer and Indian producers. So when they announced the closing of that plant, what does that mean? I went back recently and got some photographs of what that plant once was. Kevin, it was 50 buildings that were demolished. This was Bristol-Myers Squibb up in Syracuse, New York. And they used to produce 70% of the world's supply of penicillin material. And that's just for one end. This is what we've lost in our country. And in so doing, we've exposed ourselves to the risks of dependence on another country, whatever country it may be, let alone China. And I, what we've seen now is a preview of what biowarfare can look like. No question. Well, and we, yeah, we can't make the antidotes to treat infections, you know, bacterial infections. No question. And, and, and it is not just an economic loss, which it is, an economic, huge economic loss. But it's a health risk because do other countries, I, I know other countries, in Europe and Australia, they have great health systems and they have great inspection systems and they produce things well. But in China, it seems that as if it's not 
to the same degree as our own FDA, for example. Uh, it, is it, has it been a health risk to have China producing so much of our drugs? Oh, it sure has. And, you know, China has less interest in assuring the quality of products that are exported. And one of the many uh, shockers in researching China RX was understanding the attitude of the producers over there. And they said, one of the reasons our product is so cheap is because we assume no liability for it. So it's buyer beware. And we've seen this with the million masks that they sold to the United States that didn't work, that weren't protecting healthcare workers, the million uh, test kits that were flawed, the nine million gowns that are supposed to be used in operating rooms and be sterile. They were contaminated with who knows what. So there's just a lack of caring about the products. And, you know, shame on us for buying this stuff. Right, or so exporting a, everything, or, all the manufacturing. Shame on us for exporting. So we, yeah, so we need a rethink and a total um, review of this. And I think what's really uh, troubling is that in the course of the pandemic, 75 countries have banned exports of medicines and protective gear. And so what that means is it's every country for him or for themselves. You know, we can't turn to our friends and say, can you send some propofol, you know, a sedative for people on ventilators? We can't turn to our friends and ask them if they have, you know, epinephrine to, you know, when people are, are crashing. So we have to have some capability. And I think the national security aspects have really come to the fore here, that our country would, um, would be in chaos. And, you know, as I thought about this, Kevin, a very easy way to destabilize a country and to demoralize a population is to withhold medicine. Oh my. Well, there's a headline here. Uh, UK independent, US and China in war of words as Beijing threatens to halt supply of medicine amid coronavirus crisis. That's ripped from your book and stuck in the actual headlines. That's, it's not just theoretical. The Chinese actually were discussing stopping our medicine. And as you've said, uh, they're discussing it now. Yes, in China RX, we predicted this, that if there's a global pandemic and China withholds medicine, we'll be standing in line. Here we are. And uh, about two months ago, through Chinese state-run media, uh, the Chinese government threatened to withhold medicines from the American people, which is a threat to kill them, because people will die in large numbers for the lack of access to antibiotics to treat pneumonia, bronchitis, sepsis. So it's a, it's a threat to kill us. It's a no different than firing a missile. I mean, it, it happens in a different path, but it's no different in the effect in that uh, thousands of people will die. Hundreds of thousands of people would die with untreated infectious disease. Wow. And we are seeing a preview of biowarfare right now. No. And uh, if they control the antidote, then we will really be in severe straits. You know, in China RX, we go back and look at how food was used as a weapon of war in World War I and World War II, how the British starved the Germans, and hundreds of thousands of Germans died. So medicines can be used as a weapon of war. No doubt. Well, you know, Rosemary, we were on a call in early January. Uh, Steve Bannon was on the call, and a friend of mine who is uh, one of the top sellers of personal protection equipment. And one of the things we heard was, 
Yeah, they bought some uh, PPE, some masks and, and, and gloves and different things. They bought them, and the containers were just taken by the Chinese after they were purchased. They were just taken for the Chinese. That didn't happen just to my friend. That happened apparently over and over and over. They scooped up personal protection equipment wherever they could find it while they were telling us, oh, it's not a pandemic, no real risk here, it doesn't transmit human to human, but you knew better, you were on top of it, and you were telling us, that, no, that's what they're doing. So are they still yeah. in that business? Well, China certainly was vacuuming up all the personal protective gear that it could around the world. And of course, that would leave other countries without it. And so it would help them, but leave us at a grave disadvantage. What we're seeing that now, though, is that China says it's ramping up production of equipment, of personal protective equipment and drugs. And certainly it will uh, send those to countries as leverage, as a not just as a commercial transaction, but to get something in return. And I think that's what's really very, very concerning. And once again, this was predicted in China Rx that China will use medicines as a weapon, as leverage for geopolitics. And you know, this is not the first time. I think this is really important, Kevin. Uh, during the heparin contamination, where hundreds of Americans died from a contaminated blood thinner that's used in hospitals every day. And at that time, the Chinese government threatened the US government with shortages if the US government didn't take certain actions. So we had warnings about this you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Well, if you live in Australia right now, the very direct, here's the Daily Mail Australia, China warns Australia will feel the pain of more economic punishment. Basically, if they uh, side with the United States in this economic conflict, they said, well, you'll feel the pain. And I think that's a direct threat to withhold medicines, among other things. Well, I had a report on social media over the weekend of someone uh, in a country outside the U.S. where uh, they, their family member was in need of a particular medicine. And the uh, physician said that, well, we are short of that and we don't have it. And it's because China is uh, playing around with our supply chain. I don't doubt So that. this is not just happening here. It's happening in other parts of the world where China wants to extract its leverage as, as a means of control. It's very, very concerning. Well, and, and why would you expect anything different? This is a nation that has ordered its families, you can have one child, now it's two children, but it's you forced abortion after that. It's not a choice, it's forced abortion after one child. Uh, for, for their dissident population, as they call them, or maybe religious persecuted population, if you've got organs, and, and they cover this up, but it's real, the commission has proven it over and over, they do organ harvesting. They take organs out of living people and sell them to the highest bidder in the hospitals in Beijing. Uh, they're repressing their own people. Of course they will do that around the world when given the opportunity. This is a repressive Chinese Communist Party. It's not the people. The Chinese people are wonderful people. You can see that. You can see Chinese people under a good system. Look at Taiwan or, you, or Hong Kong. But you look and you see what's happening out of Beijing, and this is a state-controlled communist nation that is mandating everybody conform to them or pay a price. Well, we've seen this with the lack of a reverence for life in how it uh, has no qualms about 
sending lethal medicines uh, to us here in the United States and around the world when they know they don't meet standards, but they sell them anyway. That's what happened with a blood pressure medicine that went to countries around the world. And the worst perpetrator was a company in China where they had carcinogens in them, Kevin, that was more than 200 times the acceptable limit per pill. And people take their blood pressure medicines every day. And this is this carcinogen is the same carcinogen found in rocket fuel. Wow. So there's no no apology. There's no I, no mea culpa. I'll give you your money back, and there's no accountability. And we have to wake up here in America. When I give talks at hospitals, I say, so why do you tolerate this? Why do you tolerate companies that supply you with inferior products? where doctors are saying they're concerned about whether their patients are actually getting better. What's the answer? What do they say? They don't say anything. And that is the same reason why China RX had to be written by me as a private citizen, because everybody else is conflicted. No one paid me to do this work. Right. I do it because once you see it, you cannot unsee it. And it's an obligation, I believe, we have as a citizen and as a, as a human being in this road of life. And others are by virtue of their jobs, their business relationships, they're not permitted to talk about it. And for all the talk we've had about PPE and masks and gloves and we couldn't get it, there's been very little about the shortages of critical medicines that are needed to treat people with coronavirus. Right before the lockdowns, I was at a hospital and I was talking with the physicians about their supply of medicines and they said there's an antibiotic now that they simply cannot get. Wow. And others that they're rationing medicines in the United States of America. And I asked a, um, someone there, uh, she was a pharmacist, and she said, yeah, I go out on the ambulance as a volunteer in our community, and she said, we don't have certain vials of epinephrine, which is necessary to revive people. I think it might be a cost issue, given it's a voluntary ambulance service. And so I said, so what do you do? And she said, well, we just tell the driver to drive faster to the hospital. So uh, we've accepted this. We're like frogs in a pot of hot water. And the heat keeps turning up and up and up. And we, we're still sitting in there. We've got to jump out. But I'm really good. To, it's really heartening to see that people want to jump out, jump out now, that pot, and uh, bring that manufacturing back home to the United States of America. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you know China is active in disinformation campaign. They're out telling us how wonderful they are and how they shared personal protection equipment. The reality is, as you mentioned, that they scooped it all up first, used it for themselves, and then have sold defective equipment. So we have the good news story from the Boston Globe that I read. You know, the, the owner of the, of the New England Patriots sent his private plane over to China and got a bunch of equipment and brought it back here. The problem is when they got it back here, it was defective. It wasn't useful. They had to throw it out. So that cost money. It cost time. And yet they got the PR news story out on this. And the media went almost complicitly along telling the good story and not telling the bad. Another example, you you've, and I've talked about this a lot on the Committee on the Present Danger. All these Chinese companies that have scooped up all the money from Wall Street, registering and listing on our stock exchanges, but not uh, allowing the PCAOB, uh, the accounting people, to look at the books of these companies, and some of them are outright frauds. But you're doing a service. You're getting the word out. I, you've got one of the best Twitter feeds I've seen. 
you're active on social media, and, and I love, you know, I, I, when I uh, open up Twitter, I go right to see what's Rosemary Gibson pointing out. Can you share your Twitter feed information? Sure. It's uh, Rosemary100, and I hope your viewers will follow me. I give updates on what's going on, and I even put out a, uh, a, an action step where I encourage uh, people to contact the White House put out the link and to tell uh, the White House that the executive order, which would have by American provisions for our federal government, Department of Defense, our military, veterans, health and human services, to buy American um, generic drugs that we so desperately need in this country that are in shortage. And we had a, hundreds of people that went and did that action and their voice is being heard. You know, there are a lot of good people who see this, uh, Kevin, but they want to do something. Right. They want to feel as if they can make a difference. And those are the kinds of things that the American people are doing to make a difference, to show support and solidarity, because this affects all of us. And so I'll be uh, tonight, uh, or when this airs, I can uh, post this uh, Twitter uh, tweet again with the link so people can go to uh, urge the president to sign the executive order for Buy American for our medicines. The White House announced that it will be... Uh, it will do this, and we'd like to see it as soon as possible, and I'm sure they're working very, very hard on it. That's great. Well, you talk about people can make a difference. In the Economic War Room, we talk all the time about the small ships that can make a difference, and those viewers of our program, we call them Economic Warriors. And right now, uh, we'll produce a battle plan, and the battle plan will have your Twitter feed. We do one for every show, as you know, and you helped us write it uh, for Episode 6. We'll tell people, follow Rosemary Gibson. And we'll have other action steps, sign the petition, how, talk, how to talk to your doctor about your medicines uh, and find out where they're made, how to encourage. We want to go a step further, though. We had a good win uh, so far. We want to go a step further, and we want to train financial advisors to weaponize the money of their clients. If we can train 5,000 financial advisors with a decent-sized book of business average each, we'll talk a half a trillion dollars of investment capital that wants to invest in America to take back our medicines, to take back our manufacturing, to bring it home for a national security reasons, but also to benefit the whole world. The world shouldn't be dependent on China, but they could trust we will build a, a um, industry here that the world will be able to trust. So we're announcing that we're starting with Liberty University an advisor training effort. And we would love it, Rosemary, if you would join us in helping train advisors on how they can weaponize money and invest to bring our medical supply chains back home. Will you do that with us? I'd be uh, delighted to do that, Kevin. Thank you. Because when the money's there, the, uh, the people, the talent that we have in this country uh, to want to make product, um, they'll come out of the woodwork. They're already coming out of the woodwork. I've been receiving phone calls from just last the other day about a mask maker, and today someone who wants to make critical drugs in shortage. So there, there is a spark that's been lit, and we want to keep it lit. The money will fuel it from investors who want to invest for the right reasons to support jobs and producing essential products we need for life right here in the United States of America. Fantastic. Well, we're looking for patriotic investors. We're looking for them to share with us their financial advisor's name so we can contact them and invite them to our initial training. Uh, and you can do that at economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor, and you can give us the name of your advisor. 
We believe victory begets victory, and we're going to give all of you economic warriors a battle plan. You can get yours at economicwarroom.com. So thank you, Rosemary Gibson, for all the good work you're doing. Thank you, Kevin, for helping me uh, spread the word. And people can find China Rx on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Share it with your family, friends, colleagues. Get it for your member of Congress. And together we can make a difference. It is a terrific book and it's, it's well written. It's easy to read, easy to understand. It will get, you may need blood pressure medicine after reading it though, because it will get your blood pressure up at what our government and our industry and everybody else have sold us into. But there are solutions and Rosemary Gibson is making a huge difference. So thank you, Rosemary. And thank you, Kevin. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.